0: Welcome to the
1: Driving Dentistry Forward podcast, where successful dental pros and anyone who values the power of a smile can get an edge in the dynamic worlds of healthcare and business. Hosts Chuck Cohen and Rick Cohen speak with top influencers in the world of dentistry and explore essential tools, trends worth your time, and solutions that help you practice smarter.
0: welcome michelle lee it's our honor to have you on our 32 most influential podcast uh, michelle lee was uh, was named osap's executive director in july 2018. michelle came to osap with more than 30 years of experience successfully leading organizations and corporations with real world business acumen and executive skill sets in dental medical and other related healthcare industries prior to osap michelle worked at dds staffing resources inc beginning as a recruiter in 1988, before being promoted to vice president in 1991. In 2007, Michelle purchased the firm, serving as president and CEO until successfully selling and merging the business with Avery Partners in 2012. She remained with Avery Partners as president of the staffing division until 2017. Michelle also provided leadership and team development training to dental and healthcare professionals throughout her career. She studied the field of behavioral profiling for more than 25 years and has made numerous presentations on behavioral profiling and communication, customer service, goal setting, as well as interviewing and hiring techniques to healthcare associations throughout the Southeast. Michelle is passionate about OSAP's mission to be the leading provider of infection prevention and control education, training and credentialing that supports safe dental visits. Michelle, thanks so much once again for uh, for taking this hour with us, and uh, we really look forward to what we can learn together. Um, I, where, first of all, where where does this podcast find you? Where are you today?
1: Well, wow. um, I'm I'm working in my home office, <laughs> like everybody else. We haven't quite gone back into uh, the the brick and mortar um, building. Uh, OSAP is headquartered in Atlanta. Um, so, um, which has been perfect for me because I grew up in Georgia, and um, so I didn't have to relocate for this position. Thank goodness.
0: <laughs> That's great. And are you? Uh, how is it? How is it in in the Lee household? Are you? Uh, how are you handling the COVID crisis? And. You're
1: managing. I have to say um, this has been um, I think it's a good test for for any married couple after um, we've been married 31 years and um, we didn't kill each other um, (laughs) in this house for the past six months. But um, my husband's a um, teaches physics in in a local high school. And so he was, um, of course, working remotely in the spring and he is back in his classroom now. So I'm actually have some alone time. Um, His his kids aren't back yet, but he's, he's in the classroom teaching virtually. So, oh, um, cool. but everything's been great here. Yeah.
0: Very cool. And where did you grow up? You, you say you grew up in Georgia and
1: Georgia. Yeah. Grew up in Columbus, Georgia, which is a couple hours South of um, Atlanta.
0: Are you the, how many siblings and uh, one, about- I, have,
1: I have a brother, I have two um, stepsisters and one stepbrother.
0: Fantastic. Great. Um, so um, I'd like to get into your background and really learn about uh, what you wanted to be when you grew up and uh, also what you studied in college, because um, not everybody that makes it into the dental business just gets there coincidentally. So, I mean, I, I got in because of my father and I was always playing. I mean, I've, I have dental in my blood, so I'm always very interested to hear how, um, how, how people get into our space.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I never, never was a dream to be in dentistry, isn't that funny? But I, um, when I was 15, I decided that I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. And um, so, um, so in the high school, you know, paper, and then went to college, majored in journalism, and um, my entire, never changed my major. I was always focused on print journalism, and um, when I graduated from college, um, I, I really couldn't survive on what newspapers wanted to pay me at the time. <laughs> that was really, I had college loans. Um, I think and it's I even thought, worse what, today. Right? And yeah. it's like, yeah, it is much worse today. Yeah. Um, but I, um, and yeah, this, this dates me. Um, so I answered an ad in the Atlanta paper that um, a two line ad back when you would put classified ads in newspapers um, for um, this position. And it simply said, interviewing skills needed. And I thought, oh, well, I can interview anybody. I'm a, I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. And um, it was for a dental staffing firm. And um, I, I went in and, and, and sold myself. I was this big risk. The founder of the company will still tell you today it was the riskiest hire she ever made because I had no dental background.
0: And you were just out of college.
1: I was just out of college. And so she threw me into some evening classes, dental assisting classes. I learned how to make temporary crowns. I never made another one. (laughs) Um, But I learned dental terminology. And, you know, the rest is history. I fell in love with this industry. Um, I think dentistry is, you know, it's one big family. And, um, as the business grew, we, we expanded into medical staffing, which was much larger than the dental staffing business. I actually started up that division for the company and, but my love was always in the dental market. And, um, so, um, eventually, you know, I did purchase the company from the founder and, um, and I just, I just love it.
0: And so, um, it, it, kind of a funny, uh, funny thing. Y- you were looking for a job. It happened to have been dental, and all of a sudden, here's the rest of your life.
1: Right, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So
0: cool. Um, so you you began working for the dental staffing company, and then, uh, but I I you had some promotions along the way, and then you bought it from the owner. Can you tell us the a little founder. bit about how that worked? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, she was ready to retire and I'd been groomed for a number of years um, to that was what I wanted. And that's what I wanted to do. And um, I did um, purchase the company with a, with a partner, someone who had been in the business with, with me in the past. And um, so we, um, we, we bought the company in um, 2007, right before the the great recession. Oh. And um, yeah. And so, um, you know, it was, it was, I learned a lot during those, those five years that um, we owned the company. Um, because it was some of the toughest years in, in my business, I had that was my third recession, but it was different, as we all know, um, than any recent recession that we had had. And dental offices really hurt during those times. Um, so, but we we made it. Sixty percent of staffing firms went out of business Oof. in the country during that time, but we made it. Um, so we were very proud of that, and then we had the opportunity to merge with a larger staffing company, and um, I, there were just so many great benefits for that. With that, to do to make that move,
0: um, there's an NYU professor named Scott Galloway who says that the always the best investments he's made have been during recessions. The businesses mm-hmm. that he he he's a big startup investor and the ones that have had the most success success for him have been the ones that started around the 2000 and 2001.com mm-hmm. crisis or the great recession of 2008 and and 2009 and the reason for that he says is because that's i mean that's when when competitors go out of business and you can mm-hmm. you can take their business and also it's it's easy to get a good associates at that time And so it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that you've had a great success in business and you took over in 2007. You probably had a couple of scary years, but then um, really some, some great times. So um, that's great. Um, Do you have any interesting stories from the dental staffing business? We've got a lot of dental people um, listening to this (laughs) podcast and I'm sure you have a story or two.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, um, any the temporary staffing business is um, is a crazy business. You know, we uh, the hours that you work and and throughout my entire almost 30 years in that business. I always said there's got to be an easier way to make money um, because we would. Put in so many hours um, because we would have, you know, dental offices call us at five thirty six o'clock in the morning and their dental hygienist was sick. And could we get somebody there by eight o'clock? Um, you know, and, and you you felt their their pain and you just wanted to be there because if they didn't have that dental hygienist, then patients had to be canceled. And and you know how difficult that is when, especially in a successful practice, it can take six months to get back in if mm. your 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 appointment's canceled. So um, we um, we worked really hard, but yeah, you know you're dealing with people, <laughs> and as and as as our our screening techniques were amazing, and you know we did background checks on people. We would check the references. You do all of that, and people are people and they're human. And and I do remember, I'll never forget this one. This one happened many years ago, probably in the early nineties, but I had a working interview scheduled for someone. So, you know, this was a chance for her to go in and prove herself. And she calls at seven in the morning and says, I can't, I, I can't come in, my my grandmother has passed away. And let me just tell you, people have lots of grandmothers that passed away. But um, she, she called and said, my grandmother's passed away, I'm in Savannah, um, and I'm not gonna be able to make the working interview. Understood, no problem. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss and um so um as soon as the office opened i called and rescheduled that working interview for her and the office was very understanding and i called back around um i called her house it's around 9 10 o'clock and to leave a voicemail message and of course this is pre-cell phones where everybody had a cell phone and um she answered the phone and i i recognized her voice immediately and i said I thought you were in Savannah and you have to understand Savannah's like a four to five hour drive from Atlanta. And she said, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we decided that my grandmother was so ugly. We're not having a funeral for her. And I came on and, and number one, who can say that about any grandmother?
0: I don't know whether to laugh or cry.
1: Real right. (laughs) But it's one of those things. And I just said to her, you know, um, I don't, I don't think this is truth, or whatever. And, you know, I never heard from her again, of oh course, my goodness. but you know, you have those kind of stories that you just can't make up.
0: That's great. Um, but but
1: then you have those amazing stories where um, it's, it's one of my favorite meetings because it's based here in Atlanta, of course, is the Henman dental meeting, which I've gone to for, this is the first year I've ever missed it because of, of course, it was canceled because of COVID, and, um, but to go to those meetings and, and you see people that you placed 20 years ago, and they come up and they hug you and they thank you, and they're so appreciative, and, and the doctors thank you for the staff that you've, you've placed in their office, and that's where it's, the reward was always there, and that's why I hung in there for so many years, because I loved it.
0: That is so cool, that is so cool. So you sell the business and then um, you are, I would imagine looking for something to do. And then how did you learn about the OSAP opportunity?
1: Well, I get a phone call um, from, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big networker, and I was actually, I really wasn't looking at that particular moment. I was doing consulting. I was working with a um, a uh, dental practice management company doing some leadership training, and team development, and dental practices, and having a blast. Um, I just love doing it. And then got this call, and actually, I, I got a call initially um, asking if I knew anyone, because my recruitment background. And then a few months later, they called me back and said, why aren't you interested? Mm. And I thought, well, I've never, I'm not an executive director. I've not done that, but why would I be? And the more I talked to them, the more I realized this was such a great role for me. And I knew about OSAP. Um, I knew about OSAP, um, in I think the first time I learned about OSAP was in 1990. So um, our staffing firm, um, when OSHA first required that all dental professionals have a um, yearly um, bloodborne pathogen training for OSHA, um, our company would do that training for our clients. Mm-hmm. So I hired a woman named Jackie Dorst, who's still a very active member of OSAP, to do the training and, and she was a member of OSAP. So I remember having to introduce her and this name, the Organization for Safety, Asepsis and Prevention. I just thought, what a lot of words to have <laughs> to introduce with somebody. And that's why it always stuck with me. And um, so really when I did get the call, she was the first person I called to say, hey, tell me about this association. What do you think? And I thought she was going to come through the phone. She was so excited. And she said, oh, you have to do this. And um, and I went through, I think, five interviews for wow. <laughs> the job. But, um, but it was the perfect fit.
0: That is so cool. Um, can you tell us, uh, there may be people in the audience that don't know that much about OSAP. Tell us about OSAP. Um, and uh, why it was founded, when it was founded, and the role that it plays.
1: So OSAP um, is a um, an international um, dental association. So we have members, um, and our focus is solely on infection prevention and patient safety, bottom line. And we're the only dental association that that is our sole focus. Of course, every dental association has a piece of that, you know, at their annual conferences and and their trainings. But this is who we are. Um, and um, the association started in the um, in the '80s, early '80s, '84, um, and it was.
0: I just want to interrupt you for one second because yeah. I'm I'm learning something big about OSAP, which I didn't realize. I always thought of it as an American organization. Is it international?
1: It's international. We have members from all over the world, yes. Are there
0: competing, um, I don't want to get ahead of us too much, but but my mind is, I don't want to forget this question. Are there other, do other countries have their version of OSAP or is OSAP the only one?
1: It's the only one that I know of, yes. So by
0: default, OSAP is the international source of information for dental safety.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. We most of our focus, of course, is on the US standards. Um, but um, we, um, I was just recently, um, September is Dental Infection Control Awareness Month. And I was recently on um, a call with our Brazilian members uh, because they um, were celebrating this month in their country. Um, they called it, I um, hope I say it correctly, Set um, Bio. Uh, um, and that is their version of Dental Infection Control Awareness Month. And um, so, you know, the, the, um, each country has some difference, differences in their, their guidance. Um, but yeah, we have people um, attend our conferences from all over the world in, in um, January at our annual boot camp that we had in Chicago. This year, we had over 700 people, or right at 700 people. There, we had people from 28 countries and um, 48 states attend.
0: Like so many things, I mean, I I I would assume that the traffic light was invented in America and then the other countries copy right, and which is one of the great so many reasons to be proud of America. But um, this is just yet another one where we kind of set the tempo for the dance of infection control and, and, and experts in most other nations are all looking to see what we're doing. And so yeah, that's, a,
1: and another example that happened this year before COVID really started, um, back in the fall, um, we were approached by, um, a group from Pakistan, um, wanting, um, OSAP, um, subject matter experts to come over to do some training for, um, their, Dental practices because um, they have had you know they have huge issues. There's no regulations in Pakistan for dental infection control.
0: I've been to Pakistan. I know it's uh, yeah. in fact there's a lot of dentistry done right on the street in Pakistan.
1: Yes, and it, it's it's a really it's one reason they have such a a, um, a problem with with hepatitis C there. Mm. And um, so um, we were not, of course, able to go in July as planned, but we have done two webinars for Pakistan. So yeah, so we do have that reach. Um, these it's webinars a great,
0: are changing everything. And I think off. that the webinars that OSAP can make for the future really can set, I mean, OSAP is already the international standard for dental safety, but these webinars can really solidify the position. I mean,
1: absolutely. You can, yes, so
0: Great. Yep. Yeah. So, but I, I did interrupt you and I, <laughs> but I, I was asking about the um, you know, what OSAP is, what it does and kind of what excites you about the organization, what excited you then. And then, um, and I want to get talk pre COVID because I think it at COVID really changed everything again for OSAP. So I believe it was founded around time of AIDS
1: Yes, Um, and that's a reason it started, was because um, um, it was actually um, uh, um, uh, Peggy and and Jim Cottrell, who owned at the time a... a, um, uh,
0: Cottrell.
1: Yes, Yes. Cottrell. And they were in dentistry, and they were coming back. Apparently, they had been to, I think the story is, I hope I have this right, they'd been to Africa, and they were on a plane coming back, and they realized we needed an association to focus on infection control because they realized then that that AIDS was just a plane ride away, right? To the US. Sure. And um, so that's when we had the, the first big change in infection control and OSAP was really behind all of that. I mean, if you remember in the eighties, I mean, a lot of dentists didn't wear gloves. Um, I, I remember that. Um, so you know that changed and over the years um, OSAP just worked and worked to get this message out there to, um, to help with infection control and we worked really closely with the CDC um, and the Division of Oral Health um, to, to help them um, w- with the guidance and to get those messages across and we have OSAP um, leadership subject matter experts who were helped to author the 2003 guidelines, the 2016 summary. So OSAP has been very involved in all of this for years, but for, I think for a long time, it was, um, more of a of a guild even Mm. just a very very specialized and people who just had this passion and this fire in them to really get this message out there um osap was led by an amazing woman uh executive director for 24 years terese long Mm. and um she retired um, and when she retired, um, they, uh, or made the decision to retire, that's when OSAP decided they would engage with an association management company. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what brought OSAP to Atlanta, um, because we are, we work with an association management company called Meeting Expectations. Mm-hmm. And and what I will say, you know, as it, when you look back, it, it's, it's amazing how all of these pieces have come together, but the OSAP leadership when the things were changing and because trees, again, an amazing woman, but she had a very small staff, just very Mm. part-time and really relied just on volunteers. And um, I don't know how the woman ever slept with what she accomplished. And, um, and she's, she is on my speed dial, by the way, she's still (laughs) working with me as a consultant. She'll never, I will never let her go away. But um, so when, um, when, they were going through that transition, the board realized we need to reinvest in the association so that we can grow this more. And they made the decision to expand staff, and with working with an association management company, we had even more resources at our fingertips. Mm. So, um, so I have an amazing team now. I have a full time director of education, which OSAP's never had. I have a um, an association coordinator. I have um, a full time marketing coordinator, but I also have access to an entire creative and marketing departments. Mm. So we can put together these great webinars and and you know information to share that we were never able to do before. Just there's just so many hours in the day. And the fact that when I um, when I started with OSAP two years ago, having this director of education allowed me to truly get out and and network. I was until march i was traveling pretty much 60 to 70% of the time going to every national dental meeting out there to to bring the the osap message out to 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 more people mm-hmm. and that that was kind of what my vision has been, is to collaborate more, to get that message out there more. I'm I'm a salesperson at heart. What can I say? And and then I have this amazing woman, Ashley McDermott, as our director of education. She's got her master's in public health. She came to me from another medical association, and she has been able to really Help develop our our um, annual conference and our boot camp, and really focus on those things while we get the messages across. So our OSAP board, if they had not done what they did a couple of years ago when COVID hit, we couldn't do what we're doing now. We mm. we wouldn't have had the infrastructure, and I wouldn't have had been able to to get out there and travel and network like I did, so that when these when everything happened in dentistry and people were saying, what should we do? You know, how are we going to practice safely during a pandemic? I was able to connect with all of the national associations and bring our subject matter experts to them to provide the training they needed. And, and that's the magic behind all of this and why it's worked. I mean, I I just it's it's just incredible how it how everything fell into place
0: and when i i mean i would argue that that prior to COVID, m- most dental people couldn't spell OSAP or even know. <laughs> you know, really hardly. You no, know,
1: I would be at the Chicago midwinter or you know, our sure. daily dental meeting. People would come up and say, "So does your company? Does your company send um, OSHA, OSHA trainers into my office?" And I'm like, well, we're not a company. <laughs>
0: <And you can laughs> they, they didn't me. get it. But they really, at happen. that time, OSAP was doing some really important work. Let's not <laughs> forget water lines, handpiece back, instrument processing, designing the dental office of the future, sharp safety, x-ray safety. These are all the things OSAP was very busy with pre-COVID. But as you said, the organization set itself. The timing was perfect in, you know, working with an outside uh, um, association uh, and hiring you and hiring Ashley, who's amazing by the way. And uh, she really is. And, And setting OSAP up for you weren't maybe even sure why. And then all of a sudden, because it was the right thing to do, and then all of a sudden COVID hits and the spotlights from all over the world are all, all of a sudden on OSAP.
1: And so, yeah, my phone, those first three months, I'm telling you, my phone rang seven days a week with people looking for Mm -hmm. subject matter experts to do a webinar so you know we worked with with companies like your company to provide speakers we worked with uh, all the different associations national associations state associations providing them and it was just you know i would call and reach out to um to different um experts that were OSAP members. Cause I was trying to, to spread that out because everybody was just pulled in so many directions and our membership just stepped up and provided mm-hmm. some amazing training out there.
0: Yeah. Um, the the work you've done is, is amazing. Um, and I wanted to, to talk a little bit about, um, the, the, there is an oral health division of CDC.
1: Yes. and,
0: uh, OSAP is tightly, tightly partnered with the CDC. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, they um, OSAP has been has partnered with CDC for for many, many years. Um, even in the, the the beginnings of when before they actually had their own division, and um, you know, I I was it was shared with me by a former director of the CDC that um, of that division that. When he first um, went to an OSAP meeting, he was blown away because of our membership, because our membership's not only clinicians, educators, the consultants that do the training, but it was the manufacturers and the distributors mm-hmm. of dental infection control products. And they realized that, you know, as they're looking at guidance and, you know, should back in the day when they were looking at dental hand pieces, you know, what, can they be sterilized? They could go right to those manufacturers and say, help us understand this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they really relied, become, relied on OSAP and um, we work with them to help um, um, as they develop guidance to give insight and to help get their messages across, mm-hmm. um, that's a, a big piece. And they participate with us. They speak at our um, our annual boot camp. That's every January. It's a very three day um, foundational infection control training. It's it's foundational, but it is intense. I mean, it's like seven thirty to five thirty. It is incredible and. We have many of the CDC experts who come in from from various areas of CDC, not just Division of Oral Health, but to talk about um, infection prevention, and um, and then of course they're part of our um, annual conferences as well. Um, so through through COVID, um, we've worked really closely with them to. Um, um, Help look at you know FAQs coming in, helping with guidance. We we do have a contract with them right now that we're working on that um, one of the tasks um, that um, is required in this contract was for us to conduct three listening sessions um, so that CDC could hear from dental professionals how the interim guidance is working, where their challenges. So as we continue to move forward, Mm -hmm. they know where adjustments might need to be made so that we're making sure we're keeping everybody safe. And so the first listening session we held um, was um, in July, and it was, they wanted to hear from the dentist, from the practicing dentist. So we engaged um, uh, 10 professional dental associations, a national dental association. So we had representatives from the American Dental Association, the National Dental Association, the Academy of General Dentistry, all of the specialists. Mm -hmm. And um, they sent um, uh, representatives from their association. I think we had 121 people that participate in this virtual listening session, um, uh, which was incredible. And then the next one we did was on public health and education. Mm. So we had representatives from the National Public Health Dental Associations and adia And then the final one, they wanted to hear from the dental team members. So we engaged ADHA, ADAA, ADOM. So we had the the hygienists, the assistants, the office managers, so that, again, CDC could hear from them. And then from all of that, we, OSOT will, will be presenting um, uh, recommended changes that might need to be made to the guidance to um, the CDC. So it's, it's an ongoing, we'll be doing some webinars. Those are gonna be coming up in the near future. That's also part of that contract. Um, But it's yeah, very exciting. Such
0: important work. Um, I can't I can't state your mission exactly word for word, but I think I can summarize it uh, by saying that your mission is to keep dentistry safe.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's that every dental visit is a safe visit.
0: Okay, there you go. Um, So my question to you is: How do you feel OSAP is doing? in accomplishing that mission?
1: Oh, you know, the fact that we're not hearing stories of uh, widespread um, COVID because of going to the dental office tells you a lot. What we're doing um, is working. Um, The changes with PPE, um, all of it um, has made a difference. That's clear. You're not hearing those stories. Um, so, um, you know, if there is, it's, I, I, the, the, the few little things that I've heard out there is usually, you know, because someone went to a family event over the weekend and they've gotten COVID that way, not from working on our patients. So that's a great success.
0: I totally agree um, we, and I
1: don't uh, think we're ever going to have to shut dentistry down again because we're doing the right things. I
0: agree with you. And, uh, it's, we'll never get, um, it, it'll never be perfect. And, no. and of course at a micro level, any problem is a very serious problem, but you have to look at dentistry as it is with 150,000 dentists. I mean, if, if there's one or two problems a year, that's normal. That's, It's not okay when you know the people, but statistically, if we can keep that number as small as possible with all the precautions that you're teaching us, that keeps dentistry safe. Obviously, we don't rest until it's guaranteed zero, but um, overall, I totally agree with you. We're doing really, really well. So, Uh, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and ask you a couple of uh, questions that I like to ask the guests. So um, uh, they're non-dental, they're non, but, but just have a good time with them. And and, I'm curious to hear Uh, um, if you could, what, what message would you put out on a billboard dental or not dental uh, that uh, you can get across to, to the world? It'd be on a 10 lane highway.
1: Oh, my gosh. Never, never let anybody tell you that you can't do something.
0: Oh, I love it. OK, great. And then secondly, what books do you typically give as gifts? What, are there any books that you have um, have given frequently more than to a couple of people as gifts?
1: You know, there's um, there's a, um, a business writer, um, Patrick Linciani. Who um, he writes um, these great um, business books, but they're written like fables, so they're really easy to understand. And um, so there's several of those that I have given to people, and you know, one one of them, um, and and I never can remember. This is terrible. I can't remember which book this comes from. This message, but I all, but it was a great lesson that I learned several years, many years ago now from one of his books, and it's about. When you hire somebody, you want to hire somebody who's humble, hungry, and smart. Mm. And so they're humble that they're, they're coachable, right? They're hungry that they need the job either because they need the paycheck or they have a drive mm-hmm. or a challenge. And they're smart. They understand and they can read people. Um, and whenever something hasn't worked out with a a team member, for me, I could always go back and say, I missed that in the interview. Mm-hmm. They were missing one of those things.
0: That sounds and, like a great
1: book. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome, but I love those books.
0: Love it. Um, next question. What frustrates you in the world today?
1: Oh, <sighs> yeah, there, there's, just, there's a lot, unfortunately. Um, you know, I just, I don't understand why we can't all get along. That's That's what I, I've just always, since I was very young, um, just I just appreciated the differences we all bring. And, and these just, days you can't
0: even talk about it.
1: And you can't talk about it. yeah, Yep. Um, it's, it's really frightening that, and I mean, we're still fighting that, of course. And that's I think
0: we're fighting it, and I think it's getting worse. I think that there are there are topics and discussions that can't be had. Mm-hmm. And that is, I I—I mean, I was always brought up with the thinking that that's what America is so great about. You can talk about anything. You can't well, do we're
1: it. a melting pot, right? Or, you know, it's yeah. just, yeah. You should
0: be able to talk. I mean, the the um, whichever side of the political line you're on, you should be able to have, you know, normal discourse and conversation with your friends or your non-friends or whatever. And at the end of the conversation, everybody should be Happy to have had the conversation, mm-hmm. but these days um, it's hard to even. Pe- people don't bring stuff up. Everybody's kind of afraid of, of how the other feels. It's complicated. So mm-hmm. I, I that resonated with me the way what you just said. Um, next question: uh, What podcasts do you listen to? What What are you streaming on Netflix or Amazon? Uh, give us some tips. uh...
1: Okay, so, so one of the podcasts I do love to listen to is um, Katie Couric's podcast. So um, I I just, you know, that's, that's the old journalist in me. I didn't know she had a
0: podcast. That's great.
1: Yeah, oh, she's it's amazing. Um, and um, she's she's re- reinvented the podcast over time. But there's um but there's a lot of dental podcasts that I listen to. Um, you know, OSAP has a podcast and so we got started because of um a tell of two hygienists. Uh, Michelle Strange and Andrew Johnston. And, I love that uh,
0: podcast. That's a great they, podcast. I agree. They
1: started a uh, the Dental Podcast Network, in which was um, a uh, a group of ten different podcasts on two channels. And they came to me and and offered OSAP to have one of those um, podcasts. And um, we have now broken off of those channels and and have our own channel along. Of course, still supported by by them, and um, so um, all of those dental podcasts are amazing on the Dental Podcast Network. So um, I'm I'm a, a a runner, so a lot if I run by myself and not with my group, that's what I do. I listen to podcasts.
0: I listen to a lot of podcasts too, and one of my favorites is first of all Tale of Two Hygienists, and another one is the OSAP podcast. And if ah. you weren't going to mention it. <laughs> I was going to mention it at the end, which is uh, which is unfortunately now. But I, I will say that a um, uh, couple of things. First is don't miss the OSAP podcast. It's wonderful. It's the regular episodes. You're going to love it. Um, also, don't miss um, uh, the Dental Infection Control Boot Camp for 2021. That's in January 2021. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, it's, it's one of the most important meetings that OSAP puts on. And, if you and it will time, be virtual. <laughs> and it'll be virtual this year, yes. and so don't miss, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, OSAP also does an annual meeting. Uh, I was a part of it this year. I, I, I mm-hmm. did a, one of the keynote speeches, I loved it. And uh, that's, um, you had thousands of, uh, of, of attendees, so don't miss that coming up. And also on the, I noticed on the website, you're also selling luggage grips. So (laughs) was that your idea?
1: remind people to wash their hands, and we had that pre-COVID. How about that?
0: These are (laughs) Velcro. uh, They're made out of wetsuit material, and there's a message on there, wash your hands. And I tell you, that resonates with me because I travel a lot, and I'm a true germaphobe. So I want everyone in the world to get those luggage grips (laughs) because when you travel, that's when your hands are most dirty. But- Yes. um, All of that being said, uh, Michelle, it's been such a pleasure and such an honor to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And thank you most of all for all of the amazing work that OSAP is doing. OSAP has done pre-COVID, but especially now that we're in these uh, troubled times with COVID, the work that OSAP is doing is
1: Well, I, I am just so thankful that I work with so many amazing people. We have such so many passionate, committed members who really they're the they're the ones who you should be talking to because they're the ones really making the difference out there. I, I just like to talk about them a lot. Never. No.
0: Oh, <laughs> I can understand why. Well, Michelle, have a great rest of the day. Thanks once Thank again, you. and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening in. Don't want to miss an episode of the Driving Dentistry Forward podcast? Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app.